This podcast is brought to you by 3B, the mental wellbeing company, hosted by Claire and Sue, co-founders of 3B. When you've got your wellbeing mojo on, you're firing on all cylinders, you're accepting of whatever comes your way, you're being resilient. We believe that one size does not fit all, and we want you to discover your own wellbeing mojo. So join us on our podcast journey where we'll be exploring the many different aspects of mental well-being. And hopefully, you can learn what you need to get your well-being mojo on. This week's podcast features an extract from our weekly radio show, Let's Talk Well-Being. Today we have a lovely guest who is is a holistic therapist. She's got her own business, Enhance Holistics, which offers a wide range of treatments, including, including, I can't get, I've not got my teeth in today. You've not got your teeth in, Claire. Put them back in. (laughs) (laughs) Swedish, Swedish, see, I can't say it, Swedish massage. God, I don't know how you do this, Fiona. Aromatherapy massage, reflexology, which I adore, and facials, which is another thing I really adore. But you're also, she's also a trainee counsellor in the person-centred approach. And what I really like is that you believe that it's really important about well-being on all levels, emotional, spiritual, as well as physical. And you like to incorporate these practices into the things that you do, so things like meditation, crystal healing, and Reiki, you've got things that you add to your treatments for those who want them, which is brilliant. And you've suffered from anxiety in the past and over the years. So you really see the value yourself, which I think we'll go into further in our interview. It'd be great to hear that about why you've chosen like self-awareness, personal development, and you, especially your spiritual practices. That would be great. So today's guest is Fiona. Welcome, Fiona. Hello, and thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Just, yeah, even though I couldn't get my teeth in there, <laughs> into what you do, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> um, a lot of different, like, massages and stuff like that, but I love how you say you include, like, crystal healing and meditation and even Reiki. Why do you add those things? Why do you think that's really important? So I've noticed like with a lot of my clients kind of a theme of people might be coming and they might be presenting with a physical problem such as neck tension or like lower back ache. But there's always like a common theme underlying of kind of stress, poor sleep, not making enough time for yourself, like different worries going on and things like that. So I just wanted to add a little bit more into my treatments to help address those because I believe that well-being comes on all three levels and emotional well-being, physical well-being and spiritual well-being. And like the three of those are intrinsically linked and you can't necessarily have one without the other. They all link together. Um, Although saying that, though, I do have clients who come to me. They're not spiritual at all. They may just come because they overdo it in the gym or they like going running and they just want a good old standard massage 
bit of a chat sometimes about the football or whatever and that's absolutely fine as well and no not everybody wants the spiritual practices so I'm quite flexible in that sense but like my heart lies in that holistic approach and integrating that into my massages and treatments I mean yeah speaking to the converted here you're just really singing our song isn't she so definitely I would argue that for some football is a spiritual practice so you know (laughs) yeah let's not go there we have very different teams that we would support (laughs) but yeah but I, I think that's really important that you're actually meeting your clients wherever they come from so if they are just wanting a massage and maybe they don't get and people don't there's people who don't get the spiritual side mm. you know and may never get it and that's that's just how they live that's fine so you can offer that but actually for others like so maybe like myself or like sue uh, people who maybe really find that important then you're adding that so it's like a double whammy when they come for the massage isn't it Definitely, yeah. And I find like people who might come for a massage and they might struggle to switch off. And a really important thing with with massage or with any of the treatments, it's the mindful aspect of it. And you can really get so much more benefits from it if you are present in the moment. So if you're able to switch off those worries and you're not thinking about work or getting the kids from school or I don't know the housework or your your paperwork or anything like that if you're able to switch off those and just be present in the moment you're going to get so much more out of your treatment not just the physical benefits of it but you're getting so much more emotionally and spiritually as well so by integrating maybe a little meditation start the treatment or some reiki or um some breathing exercises then it's it's helping you to get more in the present moment sort of leave outside the treatment room all the stresses and strains of daily life and just allow yourself to be present um i mean you can be mindful in anything really um when i was younger i used to do a lot of horse riding and that's for me that was quite mindful as well anything that lets you leave behind your worries um and just be present in the moment I really like that. And I think I, just thinking back to when I've gone for like facials or reflexology, anything like that, sometimes I've had I've gone to places and they've talked to me and I've had to answer and I really don't want to. Mm. I just want to like, yeah, yeah. dwell in the moment. Switch off, that's right. Switch off, yeah, definitely. On other times, I feel like I'm only just switching off as it's coming to an end. So I actually really like the fact that you maybe add a meditation into the start of it to really get them to relax, because surely that's got to help as well with the actual massage or or treatment that they're having anyway, because everything will have started to relax. Definitely. And it helps me, obviously, to get into the zone as well. It helps me to connect with my client. Because um, what I was finding when I first started doing massage is I was sort of quickly realised that I was quite intuitive, quite sensitive to people's energies. And when I get into the flow of a massage, I kind of like intuitively know where to go, which areas to be guided to, how much pressure to, to, to put on, when to take pressure off, what strokes to use. So by being mindful and sort of bringing myself into the present and connecting with my clients it helps me in that sense really to really get into the flow of what I'm doing so I'm getting more out of giving the treatments I'm giving a better massage and the client is getting more out of it hopefully as well I love that so it's, it's really beneficial to both of you 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 mentioned in the information that you kindly sent to us that you've suffered with anxiety in the past 
do, would you mind telling us a little bit about your story of, of know, where that came from? Well, so the main source of anxiety that I kind of um, struggle with more than anything has always been health anxiety. And it took a while to kind of put a name on what it was because sometimes people might call it overthinking, hypochondria. Um, and um, basically what that is, is I... Sometimes I get fixated on the fact that I've got a serious health condition and it's quite difficult because the, anyone has got a chance of developing a serious health condition. So it's not like um, a fear of spiders, I suppose, where you can rationalise and and kind of work through it and make it go away because that, that chance of it happening is kind of always there. Uh, so throughout, even as a teenager, one of the earliest things I remember is when the, um, it does sound a bit daft, when the um, mad cow disease thing came out, um, CJD, I think it was called, I read an article about that in a magazine, and for ages I became obsessed that um, I had this condition, I was going to develop it later on because I'd eaten a few burgers, um, and then there was moles on my skin, and back then we didn't really have the internet, we didn't, so it was less accessible to constantly Google stuff. But I do remember going and looking in the library and books at different pictures of moles, um, reading magazines with somebody who might have had a condition and things like that would trigger me. I mean, it's not something that's present all the time, but a little physical symptom can appear. And now with Google, it can quickly spiral out of control. Um, but over the last few years, I've become a lot more aware of it. And I've become more aware of when those thoughts are getting out of control. And sort of I know if something's going on, to go and go to the doctors and investigate it really, rather than going on Google, ruminating over stuff. And some of the practices that have really helped me are the just building my self-awareness, my meditation, um, mindfulness, because, as I said, when I first started talking about this, there is a chance everyone can develop a serious illness. Um, but what you so you can't control that. But what you can control is kind of your inner world and how you respond to what's going on in your outer world so for me that's what my spirituality my self-awareness and um what I'm doing is all about it's about working on my own mindset working on the things I can control so that I'm better equipped to deal with the external things that I can't control I love that story that's brilliant I just there's so many things in that that I want to start unpicking and I think Sue's the same because she's frantically scribbling things down which is what she does this can I just ask you because we talk about being self-aware a lot and knowing yourself because I think that's really important how did you go about becoming more self-aware I think it's something that I've always sort of been kind of interested in even as a teenager I was always enjoying doing the um you know in the magazines like all the quizzes about discover your personality type things like that I studied psychology um at a level then I went on to do a psychology degree I, my journey into counselling actually began um, straight after I left uni when I was uh, 21, 22. I did a level two counselling course then and self-awareness was a big part of that. So that got me started on the journey. And even though it was 20 years before I picked up again at level three, because having kids and things like that sort of got in the way, the self-awareness was still something that was present. I love reading um, like personal development books I love just discovering things about myself and um working on that really so it has always been kind of part of my life 
Do you think that that's something? I'm sorry, I just really relate to what you're saying because I'm very, very, and I love, yeah, the Cosmo quizzes or, you know, <laughs> whatever. I was, I was always like that, you know, which type am I? You know, I'm sort of thinking like, it sounds like you're very, you mentioned the word intuitive before, kind of intuitively drawn to that and to, to discover that side of yourself. Do you think that's something that, that people can learn to do? Because not everybody's like that, are they? Not everybody's obviously interested in this you know at any level or it doesn't occur to them maybe to kind of go and seek that stuff out do you think that's something that people can learn to do I think if they want to like obviously it's it's kind of different levels of everybody I mean I think I feel like everyone can benefit from self-awareness but it's not something that comes natural to everyone and in certain aspects of my life I mean I'm not spiritual all the time I'll um I'll have a glass of wine I'll watch Coronation Street I'll chat to people about what I'm watching on Netflix or Coronation Street um so it's it's not like I'm, I'm going around being self-aware all the time if you get me but I think it is something that everybody can benefit from and you can sort of start on your self-awareness journey by kind of um just journaling down how you're feeling being aware of what you're grateful for, um, being aware of like meditation, allowing yourself to be aware of your body and how your body feels, how you feel a certain feeling within your body. So if you're feeling um, anger, for example, where do you feel that in your body? If you're feeling sadness, how does that feel in your body? And that's a big part of the the person-centered counseling uh, that we're doing at the moment uh, that I'm doing at college. It's getting you to be aware of how things feel rather than being in your head all the time. I think in like today's society and that we're always busy we've got our endless to-do lists and um, it's sort of one thing after another and it is really beneficial to just stop and become aware of yourself and like help yourself to grow as a person recognize your triggers and allow yourself to put healthy boundaries in place Uh, so I do think everyone can benefit from it and I think it is it is something you can learn to do obviously it doesn't come naturally to everybody but we're the experts on ourselves and that's the theory and the ethos of person-centered approach you are the expert of yourself and there's a book I've just started to use um it's called uh, by Vax King and it's called um the greatest self-help book is the one you ever wrote is the one you wrote sorry and it's all these journal prompts dead short and that and it's just um reinforces that ethos that you're the expert on yourself I really like that because I think so much of, you know, personal development and self-help actually, I'm going to say something possibly a bit controversial, can be a bit detrimental because yeah. it can make you feel like you're broken, you need to be Definitely. fixed, there's something wrong with you. And I think there is a side to the industry and people who are sceptical often kind of point to that, don't they? Yes. That, you Definitely. know, because it's money making, it's people kind of taking advantage of your vulnerability or, you know, where you are. But actually what you're saying is that, you know what this this book seems to be saying is that no actually it's it's within you mm. um because i think what we often do is look outside of ourselves for answers yeah but actually the journaling the reflection becoming more self-aware um that's all about kind of drawing on that inner resource and we all have the capacity for that don't we definitely and i think you sort of hit the nail on the head there sue when you said oh it can be detrimental. And I think I posted a few things about this on my Instagram a couple of times about how sometimes 
our quest for self-improvement it can be this constant like striving for more striving for more and this belief that oh I'll be happy when I'll be happy when I'll be happy when and it can be quite detrimental and it can kind of make you keep thinking that there's something wrong with you but that's kind of not what I'm about at all um not making people feel bad about themselves or anything like that whereas I suppose, as you say, skeptics might say all this self-improvement, it makes people feel rubbish so that they'll they'll buy into different um, self-help books or programmes and that. But we're the experts on ourselves. And it's not about toxic toxic positivity and forgetting your negative emotions. It's just allowing yourself to put yourself in a better position to deal with what life throws at you because the solutions are within you. Wow, <laughs> she's definitely part of our gang, isn't she? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, music to our ears. Just everything you're saying, Fiona, it's just it's stuff that like me and Sue said to each other. It's stuff that we've said before, like on our radio show, podcast, and things like that. You are so right, and I think it's it's people like you and sharing your story and and talking about things really openly and honestly will help to break down these barriers and to for people to realize that there there are some skeptics and there are some people out there that won't help you but actually the majority will and it's just it's finding the people you connect with the fact the people you want to work with kind of thing so like you you've got all of this like massage and all that kind of stuff with your meditations, but then you've got your counseling stuff as well that you do so you've really got sort of like a lot of different ways of looking at something and somebody to help them with what they need. How how do you put that in for you? What kind of things do you do that work for you to get you into like a good mindset or whatever? So the things that I do to improve my mindset. So um, I guess that you could call it probably a little spiritual toolbox. Um, I do different things. So something that I've really got into recently um, is EFT tapping. I'm really loving that because um, what I like about it is it doesn't tell you not to think about the negative sometimes with your affirmations and things like that it's oh ignore all the bad it's I am put the law of attraction as well it's like oh what good if you think about good things good will come back to you and blah 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 negativity breeds negativity and that but what I really like about EFT is you do your tapping round um you begin with your karate chop and obviously if you listen to this you can't see me but you begin with your karate chop on the side of your hand and you're sort of saying that whatever whatever thoughts are going on whatever's going on for you you still completely and deeply love and accept yourself and then you go on to do a few rounds of EFT and it's getting all that rubbish out there so it's it's getting all those negative thoughts out of your head so for example say I was doing it about um say struggling with an assignment at college I'm not good my work is easy I am I am so motivated it's it's acknowledging like I'm struggling to get motivated with this assignment I really don't know what to put I struggle I compare myself to others it's going through those rounds first and it's acknowledging how you're feeling and you're tapping at the same time on these meridian points to kind of release blocked up energy and then you do a few rounds of the negatives and then that's when you sort of switch it up and change your mindset around and you go to hang on a minute maybe I'm just telling myself this story and then you start to rationalize then and you say I've got on this course 
I've got good feedback on my assignments so far. If I work hard, I can uh, I can achieve. Um, there's help available if I need it. So you're rationalising. And um, as I say, I really like EFT for that reason because it's not about hiding the negative. It's getting it out there and it's acknowledging it to sort of turn things around. So that's something I use quite a lot. Meditation, I absolutely love. I try and use meditation every day. I... I just use guided meditations on YouTube, to be honest, nothing fancy. They're already done for you, so why not? Um, so if I want to um, do a meditation to attract abundance, I might put that on. If I want to meditate to connect with um, guardian angels, I might put a meditation on for that. Um, so that's another one. And journaling as well. Um, I like a journal prompt and I like a space to write something as well rather than just going off the top of my head so that I find in the specs king journal that I've got um really good because it's short little bursts so they're probably the main things at the moment the EFT the journaling meditation oh and tarot I've di- delved in and out of tarot a little bit as well Sue does tarot and we do EFT on, or TFT as well oh, and yeah. um yeah it's just yeah I love that I love how when you were talking about it you were actually doing some of the <laughs> yeah, yeah. some of the tapping because it comes automatically doesn't it yeah <laughs> but I'm sure any of our listeners look uh, yeah you'll be able to see there's there's lots of tapping things and there's things out that we shared on our resources that show you some of the tapping just on your head like your face and and your head it's lovely to to hear you because you sound really passionate about what you do, but also you sound really passionate about the things that you do that work for you as well. And I really like that. And it, do you think that's part of, of why you do this? Because you're passionate about it. Definitely. Yeah. I think if I wasn't passionate about it, then it wouldn't really sort of shine through in what I do and it's kind of like my um holistic business it started off I was doing makeup and manicures and pedicures and then it's kind of I've been on this journey over like the last eight years of there's been times and I thought oh god it's not for me I'm gonna give up I'm just gonna get a job and that but it's kind of evolved over the years and then the things that I found have really helped me I've wanted to integrate into my treatments um so that it's kind of become um a holistic therapy practice rather than as it started off of just makeup and that I mean I don't do makeup at all any anymore I don't think the young ones would want some 40 year old contour in the face <laughs> so you've got to just go with your strengths I always knew that I wanted to work for myself and I always it's really important for me to do something that I love and enjoy I just don't um buy into this ethos of oh you just put up with going to work so you can get a good pension or well you're not supposed to like your job or oh just just grit your teeth and get on with it I've been a teacher in the past my first job was an A-level psychology teacher but I quickly realized that that really wasn't for me and some might have said oh well if you work your way up you could get into management think of the pension but I'm like I don't want to be miserable for like God knows how many years of my life to maybe retire. At like, I mean, how old will we be when we retire? Like 68 or something. If that, we're probably 80 uh, by the time we re- retire. Yeah. We might not even be alive then, especially the state of the world now. 
for that, you know. <laughs> so it's always been really important for me to to do something that I enjoy doing and to help other people and, and make a difference as well. Um, Fiona, are you like the other part of 3B? Because kind of like, <laughs> you're like the other third, because there's just kind of everything. What do you, what do you think, Claire? Because like yeah. everything, every yeah, single sure. thing that you um, are sharing, Fiona, is exactly the kinds of conversations that Claire have had. You know, and, and working, being in business, you know, kind of for yourself is really hard work. And, you know, yeah. especially when you're kind of like, you know, going it alone like you are. I mean, Claire and I have each other to kind of bounce off. And we always say that together we make a whole person. You know, if kind of one of us isn't feeling it one day, then hopefully the other one is and we can kind of prop each other up. But I think that what it strikes me from what you're describing is that you, you're living by your value system mm-hmm. and you're living in a very authentic way and that your work is an extension of, of you, you know, how, how you want to live. And there's... You know, earlier on when you were saying about, you know, you're not spiritual all the time, I would kind of argue, I mean, I suppose it depends on your definition of spirituality, yeah. but it's, to me, there seems to be like a real grounded, a real honest sort of real world approach to what you're doing and how you're bringing this to people. And I just, I don't know, I just really love it. Yeah, definitely. I mean... I want to like kind of be relatable as well to people who might be yeah. at the start of the spiritual journey. Like I, and I'm a work in progress by no means perfect at all. I mean, you should see me in the morning screaming at the kids. I'm not spiritual then whatsoever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but just the fact that you, what you were saying before about acknowledging and owning and that's part of it, isn't it? Like you say, you're not pretending to be something yeah. that you're not. You're just... Yeah, I'm a human being and I'm going to yeah. do that stuff. Sorry. Definitely. I mean, you see people on like social media, it's like, I get up, I do 20 minutes of yoga. I mean, I bloody hate yoga. It's, it's boring. Thing. I I'll probably start Yoga's not for you, right. <laughs> yoga, but it's the most boring thing ever. I love meditation. But if I'm going to exercise, I want to burn some calories and feel the bloody benefits of it. <laughs> um, and I like, and blending vegetables into smoothies and all that that's not me but you can be spiritual without all that it's about knowing yourself and being aware of yourself definitely i love that i love the honesty definitely love the honesty you are really down to earth and i I like that but I, i i think what our listeners will love is the fact that of what you've just shared there you can be spiritual you can be passionate about this without having to ground your vegetables into smoothies <laughs> be doing yoga first thing in the morning when yeah you're screaming at the kids instead yeah <laughs> you don't want to get up whatever it happens to be because that's that's real life that's a real person isn't it mm. and I think very often me and Sue are really keen on this it's like we're not about going be like me I've got it all together what you said before you're a work in progress we all are mm. you know we haven't all got our stuff together and it's sort of like but you can still be the best you can be and you can still like like you say you can be practicing things you can be doing things and I love how your I love how your mind's working and I love how you're saying it I think that's brilliant I think it's really important for our listeners to have heard that as well thank you yeah definitely as I say everyone's a work in progress and it's about just the most important thing I think is being able to make some time for yourself and to commit time to yourself that's 
that's really important. Um, and for me, that's a big part of spirituality, just recognising that you're worth dedicating time to yourself. It's really funny. Everything you're saying links so well with our three Bs, mm. the B, believe, breathe. I mean, no, we, we sent you stuff about that so you knew who we, on what we were about. Can you see the correlation with that, with the kind of things you're doing, really, and what you're talking about? Definitely, yeah. So be, believe, breathe. I think when with the counselling, um, as well, person-centred counselling, a big thing that keeps coming through with that is being rather than doing, and that's the whole ethos of the person-centred approach, and it's just allowing yourself to be, to be present, to believe is to, it's about believing in yourself, but it's also about believing in, like, something greater than yourself as well and to me like I'm not a religious person or anything like that but for me a big factor in my personal development journey has been trusting in the universe and recognizing that greater power so I mean for some people you have a higher power it could be God it could be angels I mean it could be Buddha um it, whoever whichever religious leader you believe in your higher self but knowing that there's some greater higher power out there um can be quite comforting and it can also be quite helpful um so sometimes if I've got like a, a difficult decision to make or if I'm not sure what path to take or something's um not going quite right a thing that I've learned to do is to kind of surrender it over to the universe and ask for signs so I wasn't sure whether to apply for the level four of the, the course that I'm doing now. So I completed level three and I was, it was up in the air whether to go on to do it at level four or not. And I kind of sort of said to the universe, right, well, I'm putting it in your hands now. I'm going to apply. I'm going to give it my best shot. If I'm meant to have a place, then I'll be offered one. And if I'm not meant to have a place, then I won't get a place. And it's not for me. I'll do something else. So I ended up getting a place on it. And that's kind of how... I sort of um, lived my life for like a few years ago, everything kept going wrong with the car. And uh, so I kind of just put it out to the universe, allow this situation with the car to just work out for the best. And then um, fortunately um, it did work out for the best and I was able to get a replacement car and that thing sort of fell into place. So just little things like that. Um, it's not ignoring the bad things that go on in the world or saying everything's going to be great. If you believe in the universe, you're not going to get ill. People aren't going to die. We are acknowledging that these things happen, uh, but it's allowing yourself, equipping yourself to deal with the bad things that occur um, a lot better if you're more self-aware and connected. I really like that, actually. And I think they do say the universe has got you back. Mm. don't they they do say that you know and I think sometimes what we do is in our tendency to want to fix and to want to kind of have mm. certainty about everything we, we we meddle we interfere a little bit too much I think definitely things that like is that. a big thing for yeah, me like, I think, think surrendering control is a big thing because I do I am kind of the kind of person who sometimes needs to know like the answers or what's going to happen next and just sort of acknowledging that and thinking hang on a minute just stop pause for a minute and just trust that things will work out and sometimes the things that we're agonizing over they're not going to matter in like three months time uh, like I think I might have got caught speeding the other day um by the time this goes up we'll know if I did or it's not it's easily but done like, to be fair it's easily done especially in modern car. that yeah. god I'm gonna have to do a course or pay a fine and then 
to do this course obviously it stops you from being able to work but I thought do you know what if I have been more speeding it's my own fault I should have looked at what speeder was doing but it won't matter in three months time that that I've got caught speeding hopefully (laughs) (laughs) well I think what you're it's kind of like you're, what you're doing is with there is being very intentional with your thoughts, aren't you? You're choosing where to put, you know, use up the energy in your mind, yeah. which then has an impact on your body, like you're saying before, and kind of how you're feeling as a whole person. You know, I think it's sort of, I was reading something the other day that I can't remember what the quote is and who said it, but it's something to the effect of, you know, worrying is basically praying for all the stuff to happen that mm. you don't want to have happen. <laughs> it's exactly. kind of, it's like, it's like you're praying for it to happen, even though you don't want it to, because it's kind um, of occupying. No yeah. Mm. <laughs> so you sort there's of no think, point. yeah, why do we do it to ourselves? You know, but I think it's yeah. a lot to do with our programming, isn't it? It's how we're, we're sort of I wired. Think so. I think sometimes as well, it's perhaps it's a defense mechanism as well. Like automatically you sort of preparing yourself for the worst. And maybe that's why I've like in the past Googled different conditions and gone straight to the worst case scenario. Um when I develop a spot or something like that. Maybe it's this defense mechanism of getting straight to the worst case scenario to like protect your ego. I, I don't know. Um that's something I've been thinking about quite a bit lately. I think I and that's there's bit... something in that. Mm. Sorry. Because it came up at college, um, we were talking about um, at college, we, we do our assignments and we get feedback on our assignments. And I found that like all the time I was pulling a, pulling a, apart what I've done and all that. And I, I sort of thought to myself, I wonder if that's because it, like if I pull it apart first and criticise it, then no one else. Could, I've said everything that anyone else can say because a big part of the course is and. I mean, I do find this part of the course quite difficult sometimes is people give you feedback all the time on um, how you are as a person, on on, on um, different aspects of the self and different parts of work that you've done. So may, I think perhaps sometimes going over analysing things and going straight to the worst case scenario is perhaps a defence mechanism to protect mm-hmm. the, the ego and to prepare yourself for something that's probably never going to happen. I think that's it, isn't it? I, I completely agree that it's sort of like I do that and I know what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to plan for it so that either I don't get upset at that time or, like you say, I'm very quick at calling myself so that I'm stopping somebody else. But actually, we shouldn't do that no. because you don't know if it's going to happen. I know like things like, you know, I worry about my dog dying. Well, I'm going to be a wreck when he does. So I don't need to preempt that now and exactly, have all yeah. that anxiety now. Mm, I'm the same with, with my cats. So you <laughs> and pets, they kind of do teach you to sort of live in the moment because I wish they were for all our lives, but they're not, are they? They're only for a short time of our lives. And it kind of like sometimes I'll be sitting there with my cats and I'll think, God, I can't imagine a time when I've not not got the cats but then you think but now I've got the cats so I'm just going to enjoy being with them in the moment and I think it's that it's like telling yourself that and I do that a lot and I go why are you worrying about that it's not actually Mm -hmm. happening right now deal with it when it happens is that kind of thing your children growing up and that so mine are like 16 and 14 he's nearly 15 the younger one and I start thinking about oh god what am I going to do when they go to university and but, but I'm like, well, they're not. Just enjoy how they are now. Um, 
when they're little you kind of wishing their lives away and to an extent sometimes I do it now because it's hard they they're in year 10 and 11 at school it is a difficult time for teenagers so on the one hand I'm like oh if we just get through these next two years but by constantly wishing your time away you again you're not enjoying the present moment so either by dreading something that happens in the future and thinking about that but also thinking I can't wait until this point in the future. It's taking away your joy from the present moment. Yeah, I think that's really well said. It is. It's you need to be in the now and enjoy what's going on in the now. Because you are because you are the way you are with you, you're passionate, and it's all about your well-being. You're really up on that and your self-awareness. Has that passed to your children? Do they do they have some play like that or are they rebelling against that or what? Oh God, I'd love to say, you know, I'd absolutely love to say it has passed on to them, but they, they're very, very independent and sometimes they think I'm a bit nuts. Uh, I remember like when they were younger, I did try and um, get them to do gratitude and I bought a book called The Law of Attraction for Kids and I started reading it with them. I think they were about seven and eight then, but I think they probably got to the stage where they've got all the influences around them, like friends and things like that. I think perhaps if you start things like that with children when they're a lot younger, so before making it part of the day when they're like three, four, then and, and they grow up with it, um, perhaps then they can embody it more. Um, I mean, they're, they're lovely children and they're both very, very strong-willed, very independent. My daughter is very interested in the moon. And she's very interested in um, she's interested in tarot, and she's very interested in like star signs and that. But um, I do think with kids, a lot of the time that they are influenced by outside worlds, but the outside world and the peers and that. But I think if you can just build them up to be like strong in themselves, then you're equipping them with that. It would be lovely if they meditate with me and things like that. But no, my son's always on his um, on his place not even playstation goes on it's his pc now my daughter watching tiktok and shameless on that (laughs) (laughs) you never know when they're older they might appreciate it more so when they're older and and they're becoming more self-aware perhaps it will help them then on their journey because you hear people say or as i was growing up my mum was always into this this and this so maybe when they're older they'll uh, they'll find their own way anyway but i don't believe in forcing it on the kids yeah Um, They'll, they'll take from it what they want to take from it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think if they're calling you nuts, I think the best people are nuts. So I, <laughs> I would take that as a compliment. <laughs> I think so, definitely. I think my son used to refer to it as my hippie stuff. Yeah. <laughs> hippie stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> or stop trying to coach me. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> But actually, as they because they're at university now, and, and then they're finding that they're actually drawing on, you know, mm-hmm. some of that because it, yeah. it it is kind of helping. I think I think like all of us, we come to things when we're ready, don't we? Yeah, and I think definitely. I actually think with young people and younger minds, you know, the fact that you've kind of dropped that in there at a certain point, it, it's in there somewhere, you know, kind of floating around, and yes, they'll probably come up. to it in their own yeah. way, in their yeah. own version. And you're right what you're saying about, you know, young people and teenagers particularly, I think it's such a difficult time and, and the world's such a crazy place. I think, you know, I know there's lots of uh, programmes and things trying to kind of reach out to do a lot more of uh, the well-being stuff and the mindfulness meditation. But I think it's about 
like you were saying at the start for everybody you know meeting people where they are and i think that's that that's a that's kind of i suppose part of our quest with 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 everything that we're trying to do in in you know certainly with 3b and the radio show and the, and the broadcasts but also obviously in the work that you're doing that you know we, we you can't force it onto people i think people have to find their own way to this stuff definitely and it's funny like how many how often like clients might come in for just for a massage and then they might see like the layout of my salon or they might see uh, on my treatment menu, oh, you do this. And then they'll be like, oh, you're into Reiki, you're into crystals and that. So am I. And um, they might have just booked in for a facial or a massage um, or they might just come all the time for this specific treatment. Then they may say one day, oh, let me try the chakra balance meditation. Just Whereas I'd never force it on somebody. I'd never say to somebody coming for a massage, oh, do you want me to, to throw in a meditation for you? Um, unless maybe if they told me they were feeling stressed and struggling to switch off, then I might offer it then. But I wouldn't say, I think you should have a, ma- a meditation with this re- with this massage. Why don't you have Reiki instead of a massage? It's got to be them. It's got to be where they are on their journey. I think that's a really important philosophy. You mentioned about journaling earlier on. Um, and that's something that I think people either get into or they don't it's not for everybody again is it and you mentioned about a book you've written a book as well and sort of 28 days to enhance mind body and soul and is that to do with journaling it is yeah so um the idea for this book um started out a few years ago I was going to do it as um affirmation cards but then that never really took off and I realized how easy it is to self-publish a book on Amazon KDP so I decided I wanted to get this idea out there. So I um, put it together as a book. And basically, it's for people who want to make time for themselves, who want to maybe start a morning routine or an evening routine, taking themselves off the phone, off Netflix, and just doing that a little bit more for themselves. But they don't know where to start. or They feel like they need a little bit of guidance. And it's just um, a daily, it starts off with a daily affirmation. And then we've got a journal prompt, which relates to the affirmation. And then it's kind of a meditational visualization focus. So it'd be like, close your eyes, take deep breaths and visualize um, your ideal uh, workspace or your ideal day, for example. And then it's like a mindful activity. So it's three different things, like for your mind, your body and your soul. Um, and it can take I mean I've started to do it myself in my mornings it can take like 10 minutes 15 you could do maybe five minutes per activity the visualization could just be one minute the mindful activity one of them is to go to the mirror and say thank you three times it takes nothing or go to the mirror and say your affirmation it takes nothing but it's just about helping people to realize how easy they can just start to integrate things into the, the daily life and they can take what they want from each day so if a journal prompt really doesn't resonate to them that day they can skip it or they can go back to one that did they can journal in any way that they want to like they might want to do a mind map they might even want to do a drawing or a doodle it's it's up to the individual it sounds brilliant (laughs) it sounds I love what you're saying there about integrating it into the everyday because I think that's the secret really with all this well-being stuff isn't it that's certainly kind of I know Claire and I individually and as 3b this is what we're trying to kind of support people with 
finding ways to do it in a way that it just becomes an extension of your day and it's not like kind of this big extra thing definitely to do list because if you make it like this big extra thing it just like you say adds to your to-do list it can become another chore that you've got to do um and uh if you do it um like as part of your daily life so I've started now to get up at half six instead of half seven and at the moment it's actually working for me and I've never been a morning person um but I thought if I can do it now when it's freezing cold it's going to be so much easier in um like April and that when it's nice and warm I could perhaps go for a walk and for me that fits into my day it helps me get the morning off to a positive start but then when you hear people talking about getting up at 5am and doing a miracle morning exercising first thing in the morning no that's not for me maybe when the weather's nicer I might go out for a walk but I'm not one that's going to start lifting weights in the morning especially when it's this cold as well so it's got to fit into your day if you're really not a morning person you could put some affirmations on on your headphones while you're walking the kids to school I fortunately um I get a chance to sort of when I'm cleaning and that I'll uh, put my headphones on I'll listen to affirmations I'll listen to an inspiring uh podcast so or even an audio book so I'm consuming things and it's about finding things that you can integrate into your day rather than oh it's another thing on the to-do list I just I, I love that I just sorry I'm I'm caught up in the I'm not going to be putting weights in the morning you just I, but that's great because you really know yourself and I actually think the things that you're going I'm not going to do that some people will do that I'm not going to do that and it's like you're not saying I'm not going to do that and you're feeling bad about it it's a very positive I'm not going to do that because that's not me and I think our listeners will love hearing that because I think that is so important. We need more. We need more of you saying that. <laughs> we definitely do because it's really important to go, yeah, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. There is nothing wrong with that. And then going forward, like, but this is me. You're getting up an hour earlier. You can go for a walk. Yeah, listening to I can just imagine you cleaning with your affirmations <laughs> in your ears, all coming in your ears. Sounds fab. It makes a boring job more interesting and you're consuming your affirmations as well. Um, yeah. So I've used those. I, I use subliminals as well. Some people have said I've not started to do that yet, but some people record their affirmations their own in their own voice onto the phone and then for two minutes and then as they're brushing their teeth, they listen back to it. My kids would probably think I was nuts if I started playing my own voice, talking back to me while I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> so what I consume has got to be with the headphones on. <laughs> I love that. But another thing that we do is music. So obviously we're on the radio. People love to listen to music. Sometimes you can have music on. That helps me with my cleaning when I'm listening to music. And we always ask our guests if they have a song that they could pick. Something that usually lifts them up, gets them feeling a little bit better, gets their mood uplifted. And we would love to hear, what's your song choice? Ah, so I've been thinking about a song. So I'm going to go with, and I hope I'm giving the song the right name. It's Beyonce, Break My Soul. Um, And the reason why I like this song is in the summer, it was on quite a lot. And in the summer, I was kind of going through a decision. Um, I did have a part-time job um, up until October in a school. And it was kind of becoming out of alignment with me. 
and I was sort of feeling like, is it time to give this job up and focus on my counselling course holistics business? And this song kind of kept coming through as like a message to me because one of the lines in it is, I just quit my job. I'm not going to sing it in Beyonce's voice. <laughs> that would definitely not embrace people. But so that song, and it still really lifts me up. It, it motivates me when I'm like doing my cleaning. It's a good one to sort of exercise to. Uh, so I think I'm going to go with that song. Brilliant. That was an extract from our radio show, Let's Talk Wellbeing. You can listen in every Thursday between 12 and 2 on HCR 92.3 FM or online on hcr923fm.com.